So Jesus gave up the ghost. And when he gave up the ghost, he tore the veil that separated God from humanity. He took the error, E-R-A, the error of sin, the state of sin, the nature of sin away from us. So that when God sees us, he sees us through the blood of Jesus and with the grace of God that is ever sufficient for us. But before he said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. He said three words in English. He said three words that translated are three words in English, I should say. That completely changed the trajectory of the human race in existence. What were those three words? I'll tell you in just a moment. But first, welcome back to the table. Come on in where the table is spread and the feast of love is going strong. I'm blessed to be your host. Just call me Grace. God bless. Let's say a prayer. Father, bless this your quick word. Let someone receive, let someone leave inspired, lifted, and motivated, enlightened by you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The three words that Jesus said before he gave up the ghost, it wasn't his final saying on the cross, it was the one before. He said, it is finished. Now, on the outside looking in, it's just really something that you would say after you maybe ran a 5k or you got your last degree or you got your final course accomplished in high school it is finished i've done everything that i've said i came to do but when jesus the christ said it the messiah the anointed one said it he didn't just say it as a sign of personal satisfaction or a sign of personal achievement but he said it in reference to the hundreds of other prophecies and laws that he fulfilled before this moment. You see, Jesus was the slain lamb of God from the foundation of the world. It was always instituted that God would send the lamb of God, which is Jesus, as the atonement for our sin. So Jesus, knowing this, he came down from God as humanity, God wrapped in flesh, God with us. He became Emmanuel, and then he became God for us, as I read so eloquently the other day, when he laid down his life for us. There was a poem when I was a little girl that said, how, I asked Jesus, how much did he love me? And he said this much, when he stretched out his arms and he died. Can I just tell you that it was the dying for our sins. It was the dying. Nothing, no one else could do it. I I respect all faith paths that harmonize with peace, love, and grace. But I have to be honest, there was many prophets who came and none of the prophets could die for our sins. People could become the people can take your place people can take a bullet for you but they can't take your sin away people can take a stabbing for you but they can't take your sin away we love dr martin luther king but he when he took the bullet he didn't take away the sin of anything when malcolm x was assassinated he didn't take the sin away from anything when abraham lincoln and john fk jfk were assassinated respectively they didn't take 
the sin away. But when Jesus hung his head and committed his spirit, he took the sin. Now behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin. Oh, for God so loved the world that God sent Jesus into the world that whosoever would believe on him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn us, but that we, the world, could be saved through Jesus. Oh, it's something about the it is finished. And there are people who say that you have to work for salvation, that you have to do this, this, and this. But I I, I reject all of that. The Bible, Jesus simply said, believe. Paul said, believe on me. And then they said, and then they added, confess with your mouth. But I don't really even ascribe to all that. Because if you look at Jesus, he just said, believe. Now, I think it's good to confess, profess, and do everything but regress on this issue. But it's good to profess Jesus and speak out loud and make a public acknowledgement of your faith in the Lordship and Saviorship of Jesus Christ. But above all else, you have to believe. And then he said you have to love. Well, the Bible says that anyone who loves is born of God and experiences relationship with God because God is love. So you believe and then you love, point blank, and you understand what I'm going. But when Jesus said it is finished, he changed the full trajectory of the human race. Because if you notice, when he hung his head and died, there was an earthquake and the veil that separated the holies of holies in the temple from the outer courts was rent in two. What does it mean? It means it was split down the middle. What is it signifying, Avilin? What is it signifying, Graceland? It's signifying the fact that we don't need a priest to go into God's presence for us. For we have a high priest in Jesus Christ. His blood is on the altar, so we don't need a pigeon or a goat or a sheep or a dove. We don't need to put it on the doorpost of our houses anymore because the blood of Jesus is enough. We don't need to go and pay for atonement because the blood of Jesus is enough. We don't need to go and do all these religiosity things. Come on, somebody. Because the blood of Jesus is enough. So even if we were pans, women, the blood of Jesus is enough. So even if we're gay, the blood of Jesus is enough. Even if we're black, white, Hispanic, the blood of Jesus is enough. Even if we have addictions, the blood of Jesus is enough. Even if we have propensities, the blood of Jesus is enough. Even if we have perversion within us. The blood of Jesus is enough to cancel and conquer all these things. Nay, in all these things, we are more than a conqueror through him that loved us. Oh, hallelujah. It is finished, said I am changing the innateness of humanity. And if you understand, like the churches that I come out of, they believe that they were born in sin and shaped in iniquity because that was the testimony of David. Oh, but I beg to differ because the testimony of David was before Christ, was before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was before the 
finished work of Jesus Christ. But after the finished work of Jesus Christ, I dare to believe that humanity went back to the original standing that it had in Genesis 1. Well, what was the original standing? Go back and read it. Genesis 1.31. And God looked at all that had been created and God saw that it was what? Very good. And Jesus, when he did this, I believe that he didn't just recreate it. I believe that he remembered us, returned us back to our original affirmation of goodness and good standing. Because the Bible says in John 1 that there was nothing created without him, for he was in the midst of creating everything that was created. So everything that was created and then recreated because we were born again when he died, we the entire world was brought back to right standing. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We are justified by faith. Scripture goes on to say, but I'm going to tell you something. It's like this. If I have a million dollars. If I have a million dollar grant that's granted to me and it's a million dollar grant that's in my name, all I have to do is go pick it up. Salvation is free. It's my money. It's my ticket. It's my abundant life. It's my ticket to heaven. However you want to take that. It's my abundant life. But I just have to go to wherever it is and accept it. All of this new life, this new life, this new creation, this new way of being, this goodness, it's already ours. We just have to accept it. We just have to tap in and believe that Jesus Christ actually set us straight, actually set us set us right with God, and that there actually is a place at the table for us. Why would he do it for us? Because he loved each and every one of us. And no, he doesn't love some of us more than others, even though this social economic status makes it look like, even with all the stuff going on, it looks like God would love someone more than others. But he is not a respecter of person. I don't believe he respects others. I don't care if you're straight. I don't care if you're cisgender heteronormative. He doesn't respect you more than he respects a gay transgender woman. I don't think he respects a white person more than a black person or a black person more than an Asian person or an Asian person more than an African person. The devil is a damned liar. He did it for all of us. And there is a seat for you at the table of love and at the table of life. Love is for everyone. And when he said it is finished, it was finished before. Hallelujah. It was finished before. It was finished after. It's finished now. I don't. He does never has to go back to the tree. He never has to go back to the place of the skull called Calvary and Golgotha. He never has to go back on the tree. He doesn't have to be whipped anymore. He doesn't have to spew blood anymore because his blood has already spilled and it's already baptized us and it's already reconsecrated the world. I yelled about shot. And it's not in scripture, but if I believe that when after he died and they took that spear and they pierced him through his heart and the blood and water and bloody serum came pouring out onto the earth, I believe that that was the baptism of the world. I believe that that was God cleansing the entire world. And there was a drop for me as the world. There was a drop for you. All we have to do is tap into tap into that cleansing, that crimson flow. Oh, come thou fount of every blessing because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
I'm going to tell you, if you read Galatians 5, especially the message version, if you read down right after, he talks about the fruit of the spirit. He says, and legalism has nothing to do with bringing this to pass, bringing what? The fruit of the spirit. Go back to it. Go back to it. Read it. Read it for yourself. Legalism, what does it mean? The law has nothing to do because the law doesn't work. You cannot get to God by following the law. And it's okay. And I respect my Jewish brothers and sisters. And I respect my halal following brothers and sisters. I respect my siblings of different faiths. And I respect their culture. I respect their beliefs. But the truth is, as a born again Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a believer in the finished work and a spirit-filled believer and seeker of God, I have to understand, I have to come to the understanding that trying to follow the laws, the the Levitic laws, the Hebraic laws, the laws of Moses, trying to follow any law-keeping system cancels out living for Christ because we're supposed to live by the Spirit. And Christ did not come to abolish the law, but he himself is the fulfillment of the law. If you take every law and add it together, it's the Bible says that it comes to love love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's what Jesus taught us. And the finished work says, I don't need them to put a dress code on you. Come on. I don't need them to tell you what to eat. Come on. I don't need them to tell you to pray to the east or pray to the west. I don't need them to tell you when to fast, how to fast, how to talk, how to hikabasha, how to dance in the spirit. I don't need them to tell you how to church. I am here for you to be the church. I'm here for you to be the church. I don't need you to play church. I don't even need you to play in church, really. I need you to be the church. Do you not know, have you not heard that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? God dwells within you. It was Christ with us, the hope of glory. It was Emmanuel, God with us. And now it's Christ within us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. And that is what the finished work of Jesus Christ. And I love the Resurrection Sunday. I love the fact that he went beyond just Yeah, he went beyond just dying for us, but that he rose for us. I believe that there is something special about him rising from the dead, that him being raised back to life signifies that regardless of where we are and how long we've been there, that we can too be raised back to life with Christ. I believe that. I hold on to that. I hold on to the fact that we are resurrected with him, that we suffer with him, but that we are resurrected with him. And when he came back to life, he brought life and life more abundantly. I am cognizant of the fact that when he died, he went to hell. He preached to them in paradise and he wrestled with Satan. He battled Satan and he got 
this key. I don't believe he stole the keys. I believe he recovered the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and that he rose with all power. And I am very celebratory of him in his all power. But my favorite part, the part that sticks with me, the part that makes me love him the most, is not him getting up, but it's how he died. He did not die haphazard. He did not die half his work undone. He made sure every law, every commandment, every prophecy of over his life was fulfilled. And then he said three words that set me free forever. And I believe they set you free as well. What did he say, Graceland? He said, it is finished.